0: Welcome back to another episode of Stacking Denny's. I'm Jordan McAbee of Rotoballer. My co-host Nick Giffen of the Action Network drinking a Budweiser tonight.
1: Not Yo, a Tecate. Not Budweiser. We got two of them now because I had opened one prior and, uh, to us hitting record. Las and I had to open one in the, the Start of the show. So because I forgot last week and, and you had I, to make that's... the you had to make the sound with your mouth or whatever it was. That was ridiculous. What? Well, you, I didn't hear any and... of that first part. <clears throat> and I have a box of wine. Nice. So Well, now, what I said, I, I probably talked way too fast. Um, you made the the push with your mouth last week because I didn't have my beer ready. So I had to make sure I got my beer ready for the start of the show this week So we didn't have back-to-back uh, mouth sound opening mm-hmm. weeks. So now I have two beers open, and I have a box of wine. So it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Orson
0: in Victoria Lane in Las Vegas. Getting that win, he probably should have got earlier in the year at the track, locking mm-hmm. himself into the championship race. He's now the heavy favorite to win the championship, according to sports books. Also, the heavy favorite to win this week at Homestead, but Larson wins. Uh, Ryan Blaney got disqualified and then got undisqualified, which was a very surprising move out of NASCAR. Um, and now we have a very tight points race with William Byron, only nine points above the cut line and in the best position heading into homestead, two more races to go in the round of eight, 73% of people in Jeff Gluck's
1: poll said that this was a good race. Nick, you agree with that? Um, yeah, I thought it was all right. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, great ending. Um, even though it didn't go the way of my bet, of course, uh, I thought it was a pretty good race. You know, we had, it's hard to pass the leader, but at the same time, you know, the leader was the guy who was the fastest and Christopher Bell absolutely could have passed the leader there at the end if he had one more lap or maybe driven a little or smarter uh, or, if or he certain was things that we'll talented. talk about. Yeah. Well, I, I don't once, know. I mean. It's
0: once again Christopher Bell not being clutch. That's all I thought of that entire last lap.
1: You're, He's, you're taking my wine about it away. Damn
0: it. That was going to be yeah. mine too, but I got a backup one, so.
1: Oh, okay. Well, because I was really pissed because I had Christopher Bell uh, plus 1250, and he didn't win me any money. So, oh. um, yeah, I was pretty mad. Pretty mad. Uh, so, yeah, rough rough betting week, but I made really good bets on Bell and, and Ross Chastain as well. I was glad I took him 20-1. to 1. He looked racy there, had a shot at taking the lead. Um, so, honestly, I feel like my process was pretty good. It was, the only one that I was unhappy with was not Bubba. 'Cause obviously Bubba did not finish top ten. I was fine with the midweek bet on him. But after practicing qualifying I made I put in another unit on when he lengthened to plus one twenty five. So probably should have just left it there, uh, at, at even money with the two units I had there. So it is what it is. It's fine. Um, but overall I was pretty happy with my process this week. Just didn't get the results once again.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I think one, one takeaway from this race that I've I noticed, you know, you mentioned Ross Chastain, and that's kind of what sparked it with me, is once again, the guys that were good in the first Las Vegas race are good the second time around. It's not like mm-hmm. we're seeing many teams make huge gains. Um and that's just – that's been noteworthy all season, and it once again came true. You know, Kyle Larson, William Byron were the best last time. Byron wasn't as good this time, but Larson obviously was. Christopher Bell yep. was a top five car last time. He was he was a contender this time. Ross Chastain, really good last time, good again this time. So, so yeah, Christopher yep. Bell finished his runner-up after starting from the pole. He actually led 61 laps, which is good for him uh, with the amount of poles that he has and the amount of times that he's only led one or less than 10 laps during a race that he started on the pole. But um, like you said, uh, you know, Chastain with a good run, Keselowski with a good run, Kyle Busch with a good run, all those guys out of the playoffs. Uh, Then we got Byron finishing sixth, Tyler Reddick finishing seventh, Truex, who who looked really strong early in the race. I forget what happened mid-race, but he finished eighth, Denny Hamlin ninth, and then Chris Buescher tenth. So uh, that is the finishing order with Blaney all the way in last place. So that's a little adjusted because Blaney finished sixth. So take all those guys uh starting with byron and, and put them down one position but you get yeah. the point the playoff guys finished up front which is what we typically see at this point in the season with only three races to go um but you know obviously we head into homestead this next weekend a little bit different than las vegas uh with with tire wear and just the overall track layout um this is this was the final intermediate track race of the season. We've said it uh, after most of the races this year that they put on a great show. Do you do you firmly believe that you know right now with this car that these intermediate tracks are are producing the best racing still going into you know as we're going to go into twenty twenty four here soon?
1: Yeah, I, I still think so. And, and even with this being a air quote lackluster intermediate race uh, of all the ones we've had, it was still it was still good. You could still yeah. pass. You could still pass the lead. Uh, and, and I mean, I guess technically some people say Homestead's an intermediate, but I think we're talking like the cookie cutter one and a half mile, you know, quad tri-oval style, not the steeply banked, you know, 180 degree turns on each end, true ovals with the high tire wear. Um, so a little little definition on intermediate there, right? Because they're both mile and a half, but they're both uh, like very different mile and a half from each other, Vegas and, and, and Homesteads, so... Uh, but yeah, I think this is overall, this car meshes with this track type really well. Uh, and it was, again, it was a good race. It wasn't a great race. It wasn't the best mile and a half race we've had this year. Certainly both those Kansas races were really good. The 600 was good. Even Texas was fine. First Vegas was good. So it's been really good at this track type. Um, and just not every race is always going to be a banger this time. You know, Kyle Larson kind of stunk up the show even though he almost didn't win anyway, like Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson were the two best. Larson was better in the short run. Bell was better in the long run. And that's really what it came down to. I was able to identify that right off the bat. It was like, okay. And, and, and we saw it in the first stage, actually. Mm-hmm. Larson passed Bell. Then Bell passed Larson back for the lead before the end of stage one. So we knew that's what they had. And all through the race, if we got long runs bell was going to be really good we had a bunch of restarts kind of in the middle of the race there and and so bell kind of dropped back fourth fifth sixth but once that race stayed green it was christopher bell had the best car um which you know it could be not the best driver
0: yeah we're gonna we'll talk about it but that could be you know how he misses out on the on the championship race
1: um
0: but speaking speaking of championship race, Larson officially locked in. You remember at the start of the playoffs uh, in our in our preview episode, Larson was plus 700 for the
1: championship this year at that point. Yeah.
0: Um, glad I'm holding that ticket right now.
1: That's fair. Because yeah, I, I'm, I fe- I I'm holding, feeling good. I wish I was holding that too. But I will say he's good at Phoenix, but so are all the other guys.
0: Well, here's the thing. I also have a Byron ticket and a Truex ticket, so I'm feeling good right now.
1: Well, I have a Byron and a Truex, right? Yeah. I'm happy about that. I got 14 and 16 on those guys. Uh, I don't have a Hamlin ticket. I don't have a Reddick ticket. I don't have a Busher ticket. I know some people had Busher 40 to 1 or or various things. So those are really good tickets, but uh, I'm feeling good. I'm just – I know Larson's going to be in it, and I'm just waiting to see what – other drivers make it because if if i get both byron and truex in i'm probably only going to hedge with one of one of the two other drivers probably not both of the other drivers
0: that makes sense
1: um as
0: far as you know you, you talked about denny hamlin he he was up front most of the day and he faded there late in the race finished uh finished 10th at the end of it still got uh 40 something points 41 points or something like that so still a decent day for him, but they did uh, they had a bad adjustment there late. That could end up hurting yep. him because he's now only two points above the cut line. Um, three of those Joe Gibbs racing guys, you know, within two points of the cut line. And then when you have, we have Redick, Blaney, and Busher further back. Uh, Byron, yep. like I said, plus nine. Uh, any other takeaways from Las Vegas that's noteworthy? I, I feel like, you know, it's just at this point in the season, it's just knock them down, keep it going.
1: Uh oh. I might have lost you there for a moment. We'll see if uh Jordan might be talking now, but at least as far as the internet connection is concerned, I am not here in Jordan at all. So
0: Yeah, I you just froze up for me there too. Yeah. It's, okay. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. It did that's what it did at the beginning of the episode too for me.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't have it freeze up like that that bad at the beginning, but it it did now. But anyway, um, Any other noteworthy takeaways? Here's one that I think is actually very noteworthy. Um, Eric Jones ended up having an issue, but the dude was flying at the start of the race. He made his way up to like 14th or 15th after having started back in uh, 23rd. And once again, he looked really good at these mile and a half. So Eric Jones, not great at Homestead, but you know who is? His teammate for this week John Hunter. His teammate for this week, John Hunter Nimichek. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh so I wouldn't be surprised if JHN puts up a strong finish this weekend. Um and heck, I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Jones puts up a good finish this weekend as well. I I know Darlington and Homestead are different, and so Eric Jones is better at one than the other. But there's at least enough similarities where I feel like Eric Jones has probably had a lot of bad luck at mm-hmm. Homestead as well. Plus, we added in that team's current form. I think he could be a surprise candidate for a top ten finish as well. Um, so both both Legacy Motor Club guys, I think, have a chance to top legitimately have a chance at top ten finishes this weekend.
0: Yeah, you look at Eric Jones's record, career record at Homestead, six starts, only one top twenty, and that was a third place finish back in twenty nineteen. Every other result. See what result,
1: he's capable of, though. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, not sure what happened in that race. His driver rating was only ninety nine point four, but uh, still, you know, a good finish there. That was when he was with yep. Joe Gibbs Racing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on because you know that Legacy Motor Club they were not good at the beginning of the year, but now with these intermediate packages, I mean, even even Hosovar had speed before his issue too. So, yeah. oh yeah, that yeah, definitely something to keep an eye on with John Hunter Nemechek taking it, taking the 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 wheel of that car this weekend.
1: But um, and then any other takeaways from this race? Uh, I'm just kind of looking through things here. I don't really see much. You know, Truex was so good at the start of the race, and then he kind of fell back, and then he worked his way back in the top ten. So I'm not really chalking it up to. Oh, Truex has been so bad lately. I don't think he really has. I think, you know, just kind of got shuffled around and, and different in traffic versus not. I don't think that team is where they were, certainly, at certain points this year. But I don't think they're as bad as everybody's making them out to be. So I'm still pretty high on Truex overall. Um, I mean, he, he's still he's still into the good, at least in the points as well, um, which is nice. And, and there's always the debate on, well, is this point system good or not or whatever. I've seen things like... Oh, well, Truex has this massive points lead. It's unfair. Remember a couple years ago when Harvick won nine races and didn't make the Final Four? Truex yep. is more close to what Harvick advantage he had. So stop complaining about the format because it's not the format that is shooing Truex into Phoenix. Maybe it's helped him get to this point, but it's not going to shoe him into Phoenix. I mean, he's two points ahead right now, so he's not a shoe in for the finals, he even less so than Harvick would have been a shoe in uh, when he won nine races. So let's just let's cut the crap there with the, the the format being the reason Truex is getting to Phoenix, because Truex has to race really well these next two races to make it to Phoenix.
0: Yeah. And these are two really good tracks coming up for Truex as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So and, and you know, we, we I'm pretty sure we talked about this last week. If not, it was the week before. If Truex makes it to Phoenix, he's gonna be a contender. Like this team didn't just suddenly turn to shit. Yes, they went through a bad stretch. <laughs> everybody goes through a bad stretch. It happens. Like Truex is still the regular season champion. Unlike fucking Ross Chastain, that everybody crowned the champion after. Well, I don't even remember what race was it like. Thirteen Charlotte races or, something? or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah after after the Coke Col 600 or whatever, but. But yeah. Uh, Truex still good I have no no issues with that team honestly I think they contend big time here at Homestead this weekend
1: I agree I think they'll contend and uh, Martinsville's absolutely great track for him so um you know he should be favored to make Phoenix for sure mm-hmm. yeah um
0: speaking of before we get to um before we get to talking about Homestead let's talk about I'll whine about it and some stuff to complain about. I know you kind of started yours, so let's let's let you kick that one off right here at the beginning.
1: Yeah, my whine about it is Christopher Bell because, yes, what are you doing? Not even on the last lap, just on the last straightaway. If you watch that replay back. Several times. And I've tried to be unbiased about it because I obviously I had a bet on him to win twelve and a half to one. Uh but if you just watch it back, he just he just kind of hangs near Larson for what reason, I don't know. But think about it. He was riding the top around three and four. Riding right the top. You know what happens when you ride the top? You gain all this momentum. And then What is the shortest distance between two points? A straight fucking line. Why don't you literally just point your car right to where the start-finish line apex, you know, the apex of the corner. It's not really an apex because we're not, like, turning a corner. But you get what I mean. Like, right where the start-finish line meets the grass Once you come off there, you should just point your car there because not only do you get the shortest distance between two points, but you start going down the banking as well, which will pick you up even more speed. So it just, to me, what Christopher Bell needed to do was just hook a left off of four and just go with it. And if Larson tries to block him, I'm sorry, you you would have been next to and beside, uh, you know you maybe you would have left rear hooked him and you would have spun in the grass, but that would be Larson's own damn fault at that point because you have nowhere to go. So you literally just left hook it off for you win the race, or at minimum, at minimum if you don't win the race, you're neck and neck with the dude, nose nose to nose, and you at least gave yourself a shot. But what he did there, he gave himself no shot. Now I will say. One thing that really helped him in his favor was if you watch that last two laps, lap and a half, I mean, certainly over the last several laps, he had the better car. He was gaining on Larson, but Larson had two wide traffic in front of him. And Larson actually kind of chose some bad lines uh, as well to get stuck behind that two wide traffic where Bell rode the high line. Larson's car was running better. We know Larson loves the high line. He's a high line guy. So if yep. he's choosing the middle or the low line, it's because his car was absolutely working better there. If he had run the high line, he would have just lost, straight-up lost. Um, so Larson did a really good job, but once that traffic got in front of him, all of a sudden he's getting dirty air from too wide in front of him. Bell has to capitalize, and Bell did not. So to me, Bell lost that race for himself. He had the chance to win it, and he didn't take it.
0: Yeah, the the more I watched that replay of the, of the final lap specifically – I honestly think that Bell didn't know that that was the last lap and he thought he had one more lap because I don't understand how you how you do not even try to make a move coming to the line. It looked like he was just trying yeah. to bump draft Larson heading to the line. And I I I obviously know that he knew that that was the last lap, but right. it, it, it honestly did not look like he was trying to win that race at all, which was right. just insane to me. But then again, it's Christopher Bell. And I, I have said it many times before i don't think the guy has any clutch gene in him whatsoever so the fact that he didn't even try to go for the win he reminds me of a michael mcdowell which we, t- we talk about michael mcdowell yeah, at daytona and yeah, how he's never right. gonna go for the win that's christopher
1: bell that is christopher bell they're the same he's a way more talented michael mcdowell let's let's be real yeah um, yeah a way more talented michael mcdowell uh, on ovals especially uh but you're right he doesn't have that like I'm gonna get aggressive with you. I'm gonna whatever. If he's he's more like a, not even a Martin Truex Jr. but in the mold of a Martin Truex Jr. where he's just gonna do the consistent thing and be consistent and, but he doesn't seem to just attack when he absolutely needs to attack. The one exception was of course last year when he won the Roval, but he also had fresh tires and and everybody else in front of him didn't and the tires helped a lot. Uh, so he definitely clutched that out by being aggressive enough to make moves, but that's also on a road course. I think at ovals, for some reason, he just isn't quite aggressive enough. Uh, and he, don't get me wrong, he's good at ovals. He's especially short flats. But I think the classic intermediate, there's just, like you said, the clutch gene, a factor, needs to come into play there, and it didn't. Yeah,
0: and and honestly, it, that's that could be the difference between him winning the championship this year and not. Because
1: he's good at Phoenix. Yeah. He's good at short. Yeah. Flats. He's
0: very good at Phoenix. So if if he doesn't make it to the Phoenix race in the in the final championship race, you can point back to this race and say, this is why. Because L- Larson even said after the race, he's like, if there was one more lap, you know, he Larson himself wouldn't have won that race. But I don't, might, I don't
1: He probably shouldn't have even, even with that yeah. one lap, you know? Yeah. It, exactly. It's just, Yeah. to me, all the physics scream out. Hook it left. And I was, I was, as I was watching the race unfold, and now of course I have a bell ticket. I'm sitting there like, hook it left. Like I'm not, I'm not screaming it like that, but I I'm very articulately saying, cut underneath him. You know, like it, it was one of those spots where I could just tell, if you just pull it left, Larson's gonna have to try to block you, but you're gonna have position on him. And so either way, you're going to end up side by side, but at least you're going to do it with the momentum of rolling down the corner, rolling down the banking, making the shortest distance uh, between two points. And if you lose that way, you lose that way. You can live with it. But I, you cannot live with losing it the way you lost it there. That's, that's just – un ter, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's horrible.
0: Yeah, I'm watching it again right now. And, okay, so he comes off the corner. Then he tries to go high and then he tries to go low. And it's just—it like, doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense coming. You're 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 coming off the top lane, off the corner, and then you try, and then you get to his bumper, and then you decide to try to go high again. Like, what are you doing? This this mm-hmm. is. <sighs> and, he didn't have a plan.
1: Yeah. He did not have a plan. No, it's a driver without a plan.
0: Exactly. I, like I said, and I and could apparently live with it without if a he, spotter.
1: I don't know. Like, I could live with it if he had a plan. If he had a plan and he did, he committed to it. And didn't win? That's fine. And I know, like, there there was a lapper in the way there on the
0: bottom that literally not got... Enough. No, he went on the apron. Like mm-hmm. he what, he did what David no, I'm Star saying he was have not done enough at in the way. I'm saying yeah. he was
1: not enough in the way. He was like yeah. out of the way. <laughs> yeah, like
0: like if, if there was anybody that was trying to defend Christopher Bell, that's one thing they could say. But he's that mm-hmm. that lapper is so far off the track that, yeah, exactly. that there's no that didn't matter. Yeah. So. Hey, if Christopher Bell makes it to the championship, good job. If not, that's, that's on this you for that. Yeah, exactly. So that's my um, line about it. <laughs> yeah. That was going to be my wine about it, and I didn't even have a Christopher that's Bell so funny. We, didn't, it just,
1: we. It's so funny. We didn't coordinate that, but we had the same one about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. It just pissed me off watching the end of that race. I'm like, it, it, it's Christopher Bell. Like, it, I have my own biases against Christopher Bell, but – my whine about it is going to be uh, surprise, surprise, NASCAR.com. I've talked shit about this website for 15 years now. Um, randomly, you know, we're 33 races into the season. There's three races left of the year. That's it. Three weeks from now, less than a month from now, this season's done and we're going to be looking forward to Daytona 500 of 2024. They decide this far into the season and now to roll out an entirely new standings page playoff standings page, like th- this is all new they've changed everything yeah why i don't get it if you're going to update this stuff they're always trying to make their website edgier and look better and it's always at the expense of user experience because every single time it seems like I'm not going to say every single time, but most times they take a step back with this website and they did it again this time. Like this is just stop trying to fucking be like next level shit. Just leave shit as it is, especially this late in the season. Like I don't want to see
1: easy. Make it easy. Make it easy. We want to see the standings. Make it easy to see the standings. And I actually have the same problem with IndyCar website. IndyCar's website is worse for trying to figure out the standings. Worse than NASCAR's. So even though Mm -hmm. NASCAR changes it every so often and then then it's hard to find, it's still easier than IndyCar's. But, like, dude, sanctioning bodies. Like, IndyCar, NASCAR, both of you. Just, like, make the important stuff easy to find. Have a standings button right in the top fucking middle. And you click on it and it displays standings. And that's it. That's why I go to Wikipedia to look at standings because it's so much easier. I don't go to NASCAR.com to look at standings. You and I have been doing this podcast for two years. Every time we talk about standing – and, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, are you ready to to podcast yet? And I'm like, hold on, i got to pull up Wikipedia. It's because that's where I'm looking at the standings because I'm not looking on NASCAR.com because it's impossible. (laughs) Or half the time it's impossible. So it, you got to make it easier. You don't need to make it look edgier, have cooler features, make it easy, simple. C- keep it simple, stupid. Like it, it's literally that acronym, KISS, keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. If I can see the standings in a table and understand what it means, that provides a lot more information than whoosh, whoosh, cool graphic here, there. Yeah. Whoa, scrolly thing, whatever. You know, it None of that matters. Having the driver's driver's matters if you can digest next to the it. information. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing that matters is if you can digest the information, and we can't even find the information the time, let alone digest it because it's in a non-digestible format.
0: Yeah. Uh. And and that's my rule of life with with everything. Like every 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 sales pitch, every product, every anything that is consumed needs to be done as simple as possible. That is mm-hmm. my number one rule for anything, any any job I've ever done, anything. Uh, there is a reason why so many people enjoyed Racing Reference website until NASCAR NASCAR took it over, or whatever happened there when it went to shit. It's because it's easy. You you can easily find everything. You you know where exactly where everything is, and or what like it was easy. Like and now it's just a shit show, but still easy. I mean it's still relatively easy. It's just not really accurate. Same thing with J ski. J isn't some complex website. It is literally just a bunch of fucking links. And you know what it is? Easy. It's easy to find everything. That's all. That's it. So that is my whine about it. NASCAR.com website, once again, just stop trying to. Don't even get me started on, like, the weekends where we can't even find the practice chart. Like, oh, God. Or, or anything like that. Like, it is. Oh, man. Just make it easy. Make everybody's life easier including yeah. your web guys cuz i'm sure your web developer guys are like stop fucking doing this shit you know
2: yep
1: anyway wine I about will it say, as- my my last wine about it is i don't have any more luvabella wine so i need more <laughs> luvabella wine that's why i'm going with a Boda box of wine i'm going and that's that's on me that's a wine about it about myself cuz i need to get my next luvabella shipment organized because i love that i love their wine it's so good especially the obviously the mimosa but everything the purple rain you know i like the uh bourbon barrel aged ones louisville wines is the absolute best stuff
0: yeah i think the uh i think the mimosa is going to be going out to like a major number of stores here soon so nice um absolutely that that wine is incredible but as always wine about it presented by Luvabella Winery. Check them out, luvabella.com. You can get your wine shipped to you. You can find them in stores. Make sure you check them out. Super affordable. Like I know the wine here I, mm-hmm. I can't speak for everywhere all over the country, but like the bottles here are like 7 bucks, 8 bucks for a bottle of wine. It's really fucking good. So, make sure you check them out. Um let's talk let's let's talk a little bit right now about um the standings quick before we get specifically into homestead um let me get to let me get to the right page here on nascar.com so i can uh give the right numbers but how you feel you think this is a five-man race outside of tyler reddick pulling one off here at homestead this weekend you think you think it's pretty set that uh you know the the final four is going to be between
1: obviously larson's in but byron truex hamlin and bell i think it's I think it's five-man race outside of either Tyler Reddick or Chris Bush are pulling one off this weekend. So, yeah, uh, I think if neither of them do, I think it's a five-man race. And it's the yep. four uh, that have been the best all year, Larson, Byron, Truex, and Hamlin, plus Christopher Bell, who's also been our, probably the fifth best all year. So uh, I think the current <laughs> five are the right five and will stay that way barring a Reddick or Buescher upset you know air quote upset at home excuse excuse me at homestead i couldn't couldn't even hit mute in time for that one uh but yeah barring that i was i was looking at the wikipedia page because i wasn't looking at (laughs) nascar.com and that came up and i'm trying to click back over to our uh our riverside thing here to hit the mute button couldn't do it in time that's awesome but yeah i uh so so if you remember
0: you know two weeks ago when we were making our final four picks. I did pick Reddick and that's because I had him penciled in as the winner of Homestead in my head. Now, whether that remains true this week and whether I stick with Reddick as my pick, you have to listen to the end of this episode to find out, but I will note we are on a four race streak of picking the winners on stacking Denny's. I, that is clearly a first.
1: Um, All right. I mean, I and, three was a first, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. I th- yeah i'm not even sure we've done two in a row but yeah Maybe four not. races in a row five of the last seven we have picked the winner here uh you have the last two in a row so you're you're on quite a hot streak before that i had two in a row so yeah stacking denny's is looking pretty damn good sounding pretty good damn good here as of late you know See, if here's the thing if here's the
1: thing like i can pick larson to win but not like his betting odds, which is why I bet on Chris Bell. (laughs) It's the same thing with, like, DraftKings versus betting. Like, you can like a guy because of his place differential, but not really want to bet him, versus you can like a guy betting, but he's starting, like, fifth, and so you're not really into his, like, DraftKings stuff, you know. So it's another one of those, like, natural hedges that comes into play. I I naturally hedged Kyle Larson stacking Denny's pick with Christopher bill betting uh, pick. Yep.
0: Um, But yeah, uh, wrapping up, you know, the, the standings here, obviously blown tire, any mechanical mm-hmm. issue can, can take one of these guys out and have a seat in our words. But outside of those issues uh, it's just, once again, this format doesn't suck. The, the, <laughs> Four of four of the five best guys are probably getting into into Phoenix. And you could everyone always throws, you know, Redick in as that the guy with all the potential. So mm-hmm. I don't see Blaney getting in here. I don't see Busher. I don't see I don't even see him contending this week. Obviously you have your reasons as to why he could,
1: but um I don't what, I'm, i I When was the last time a final four was just like who the fuck made the final four? What? You know what I'm saying? Like oh yeah. Right. Even last year, even even Chastain making it last year. Chastain was way better last year than he was this year. Like he deserved to make the final four. When was the last time a final four was not a? Even if you weren't the four best, you were four, five, six. You know, at worst, best because it seems like it's every year. Um, I mean, you look two years ago: Larson, Truex, Hamlin, Elliott. Can anybody argue with that? No. (laughs) You look three years ago. Uh. Elliot Kozlowski, Logano, Hamlin. I remember Kozlowski was with Penske back then. Can anybody argue with that? No. Like this system works just fine. It works just fine. The only thing, like I said, I would argue, as we've talked about, is the four three two one versus the three 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 one.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. The only the only glaring, you know, person to make the final four would have been Newman the year that he made it. But he did it on pure consistency, which is kind of what Busher's doing, although he does have the wins to go with it this year. Um, but Newman made it on consistency.
1: Yeah, and, and even then, uh, he nearly won the whole damn championship versus yeah. Harvick that year. Didn't he finish I mean, he second? Finished second? He finished second in that race to Harvick's first. Yeah.
0: Another one of those examples of if you make the championship race, nobody else is even trying.
1: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. That he would be the like, but you have to literally go back to 2014 to find somebody who probably was maybe like eighth or ninth or twelfth or thirteenth best, you know, making the championship. It'll happen again. It's gonna happen once every 2015 ten times. But that's the whole point. It's just like when uh, the wild card NFL team makes the Super Bowl. Uh, it's supposed to happen once every random. Time, You know, whether it's in and, and I understand football, you know, NASCAR, you're racing against 35 other drivers, blah, 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 like, you know, but at the same time, you could be the 16 and 0, 17 and 0 Patriots, whatever it is, and lose the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, it's one of those things where I don't, I don't buy the whole argument of, well, we're different and this, that and the other. I don't I don't buy that argument. You you got to show up. Uh, You just have to show up like you got to do your stuff. You got to show up. You got to beat everybody. So I'm fine with that. I'm fine with this system. If uh, the the worst part of this system is randomness that comes into play that isn't really, it, you know, doesn't really exist to a certain degree with other sports, stick and ball sports, right? Like, in football, you're not gonna lose because the goalpost fell over or something like that. Uh, whereas in NASCAR, you can lose because your tire blew apart, uh, because a a fan threw a thumbtack on the track and you didn't realize it and you ran over it and your tire popped, like that kind of stuff. Like, I know I'm being a little extreme here, but uh, that's why I call for the four three two one, especially if we're gonna have Atlanta. Bristol and Glen as a round of the playoffs. You got to have a intermediate. You got to have a more predictable track in there uh, to showcase the talent, to to let talent be a deciding factor. So the only issue I have with a one race championship is when things outside of talent come into play. Um, but overall, the formats it works really well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. I- you're not going to get an argument for me on this on this format. I I think time and time again has proved that it's pretty solid. But yep. we are getting to Homestead this weekend. Um, have not raced here in a year. Last time we were here, Kyle Larson put on a fucking clinic. One stage one, one stage two, led 199 of the 267 laps. Very similar to what we just saw out of him at Las Vegas this past weekend. Sportsbooks are reacting as we all expected it's looking like an Xfinity series race with the with these opening odds best you can get Kyle Larson at this week plus 280 you can't argue with it but at the same time does he go out and really care about this race to be that much of a favorite it's a weird way of asking that
1: question uh, but I understand what you're asking he cares. The question is, does Hendrick Motorsports care enough? Because he mm-hmm. has William Byron, and if you really want to care about it, Chase Elliott is still in the owners playoffs, which pays some bills for sure, uh, and would be a feather in the cap to Hendrick Motorsports to to get three drivers into the you know final four for the owners championship. Because uh, you you know we still think probably Byron would get in on points. Barring some crazy stuff. No guarantee, of course. But you get the point. Like, Larson has every reason to try except the fact that he has two teammates that uh, could win this ahead of him. So, if you were fading Larson at Homestead, you've kind of just got to be on Byron. Um, Mm. And or Elliot, I guess, to a degree. But mostly Byron. So... I think William Byron bets become really good this weekend. Um, you know, I don't see any reason for Larson to just suddenly go in experimental mode. I guess you could for next year, um, but it's not going to help you for Phoenix. Experimenting at Homestead is going to do nothing to help you at Phoenix. No. Totally different package, totally different tire, totally different track, totally different track type, totally different tire wear. Nothing about Homestead is going to help you for Phoenix. So if you're Larson, Maybe you go in test mode for your teammates, or maybe you go into test mode for next year uh, to play nice teammate. But that would be it, because other than that, why not just go win the damn race?
0: Yeah, I like I, and obviously, you know, here's the thing. I think if him and Byron have the same car, like straight up, same car, same speed, Larson, Larson has- lays off. Larson lets Byron win, gets him into Phoenix.
1: Well, I still think. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I would actually say Larson wins just based off driver. Oh yeah, but uh, yeah, because if they were if they had the exact same car to their exact same liking, this track is the perfect match for Larson. Larson would win by 15 seconds in a in a standard fuel run. I would think. Yeah, I'm saying. Um, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I see yeah. what you're saying
0: now. I'm saying, yeah, strategy wise, if 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 those two are like like you remember the first Vegas race where it was those two on speed and then there's a huge yeah. gap to everybody else. If that's yeah. like this here, I think it's similar to what we saw last year at Phoenix with Blaney and Logano, and Larson just lets Byron in, lets him win, gets him to Phoenix. Whereas yeah. if the two best cars this weekend are Kyle Larson and Martin Trix Jr. Kyle Larson is going all out to get that win and keep absolutely and try to try to keep Martin Truex Jr. hundred percent out agree. of a guaranteed spot out of Phoenix. So hundred percent agree. That's that's kind of where I was trying to get at there yeah, as yeah. far as you know what these. <laughs> I what, thought you meant
1: what... if they had the exact same car, I was like, well, oh, the no. drivers, the driver part of that, and I, I think William Byron's super talented and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I'm just talking at this specific track. This is like Larson's playground, which is funny because yeah. he still only won one of these. And just so, like Darlington. You know, it, yeah. It's hard to win NASCAR races. You can be the best driver on the damn planet and have the absolute best track type for you and win just one of these, mm-hmm. you know, out of 10 starts or something like that. I don't know. I don't know the exact number of starts I do have in front of you, but you get the idea. Larson's won one time at Homestead. And he's won one time at Darlington. If that says everything It needs to say he, 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 that's the whole point. It's like, it doesn't matter how talented you are. It's still fucking hard to win NASCAR races. That's why I'm not betting Kyle Larson plus 350 to win Vegas. And he probably shouldn't have won Vegas. So, you know, I see people celebrating winning him four, four and a half to one. Good. You deserve to win him four, four and a half to one because he won i just can't bring myself to make that bet because i don't think he wins it more than 20 percent of the time if we replay it a gazillion times over Mm -hmm. so that's that's i'm not complaining i'm not you know i'm not saying you made a bad bet i'm not uh hating on people or whatever it's just i build a statistical model and i don't i it's not like i never stray from it because i do but i've will definitely make sure I apply my NASCAR knowledge when I stray from it. And my NASCAR knowledge was not enough to be like, okay, Kyle Larson's 20, 25% to win Vegas. Now he was probably like 16%, you know, like one in five one in, or one in six, somewhere in there, not one in five, one in six, one in seven, somewhere in there where you should be like plus 500 plus 600 in that neighborhood. So I can't bet him at four and a half, four to one, three and a half, to one where he ended up after practicing and qualifying, even after seeing him practice and qualifying, I was not above 20% on him in my model, and I couldn't mentally get above 20% on him because there's William Byron, there's Denny Hamlin, there's Martin Truex Jr., there's Tyler Reddick, right? Like There's Christopher Bell. There's all these guys that are really good, who looked good enough in practice, et cetera, that it, plus these NASCAR races always play out way different than we think they will because random caution happens at random time and a random strategy happens. So uh, it's just going to be another one of those where... Sorry, Larson's the best driver on the damn planet, especially at Homestead. But I'm not betting him at three to one, three and a half to one, two and a half to one, whatever these absurd odds are out there. So if we're betting this week, we're trying to dodge another Larson bullet. And if you don't want to ride the train and and take some middle, you know, odds, longer odds bets with me, totally get it. Um, but you know, it could be another losing week because Larson is the favorite, but he probably should be more like. Five to one, not, not plus not
0: 280. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, one, how difficult it is to win at this racetrack. We all know how good Martin Truex Jr. has been over the years, even back to his, you know, uh, Michael Waltrip racing days. He was very good at Homestead. He has one win in 18 starts here. Kyle Larson has one win and nine starts here. Um, and then William Byron does have a win here in five starts. But you mentioned you know this opens the door the possibilities and at of betting Byron in this race is plus seven fifty good enough to for you to put a wager on Byron this week
1: maybe it might be um we'll see uh i it's I think it's close. I think I just need to decide if I really wanna go that route. I have some um some model value on there. The other route I could take in and which shout us again to jim sonnas uh of FanDuel number fire. Um, he went with William Byron top three at two mm-hmm. to one, which I think is a really smart thing if you want to potentially fade the Kyle Larson issue and also Tyler Reddick. Uh, but of course, there's other guys, Truex, Hamlin, right? So I just need to evaluate where I want to be with some of these favorites, uh, some of these these upper tier drivers uh, and, and just figure it out. But I I definitely think William Byron's in the conversation to win this race.
0: Um, as always, I like to check the, the little obscure, um, apps that I have Byron plus 800 on bet Fred and plus two thirty for a top three. So I, even a little bit better odds there on, on both of those, um, that you mentioned. So, um, yeah, I like that as well. I like betting Byron this week because he did win the poll here last year. Obviously, he didn't. He only led thirty something laps, but I'm pretty sure he had some kind of issue because he was top three in both stages and and ended up finishing ninth. Um, I forget. Let me pull up iFantasy Race real quick for a quick reference on what happened to Byron last year. But I'm right there with you. I, I I really like Byron this week, as I mentioned before, as well as Martin Truex Jr. I I think those two are gonna. I'm definitely not, like, I'm with you. I'm not betting by or Larson plus 280, even though I think I think he wins it. Like, yeah, that's exactly. just crazy it's just, to me. You,
1: you just can't. You can't. Uh, they, remember how many times I just said, remember how many times he's won this race? Once. And I understand a lot of those with the Ganassi and whatever, but at the same time, he led 100 laps or 150 laps in these races and still didn't win. He finished second. He finished third. He finished fifth. He finished whatever, you know. Uh, it it's, it's just, this is NASCAR. You're not going to win every time you're the favorite or even a third of the time when you're the favorite.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: what do you think about,
0: as I said, I, I, I like Tyler Reddick this week as well. In addition to Martin Trix jr, but Reddick, uh, best you can get him at is plus 600. I don't know about you, but to me, I'm not betting that I don't trust Reddick enough to bet that.
1: Yeah, without I don't know.
0: seeing practice and qualifying.
1: Um, yeah, I don't. I'm not that high on Redick. Like I'm high on him, but I'm not that high on him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It, it, it's again, which it's is surprising, because where he's he's good at this track type, but I don't think he's like world beater at this track type. Guess how many wins he has at Darlington and Homestead? Zero, none. Yeah. Never. (laughs) Obviously uh, in in Xfinity, he's won twice at Homestead in uh, three starts or whatever. Uh, But no, the guy is not – he's not – he doesn't deserve to be second or third shortest odds. I mean, he does, but not this short, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's just we're at that point of the season where books are already taking 30% hold – Ballpark, you know, twenty-five to thirty-five percent, depending on the book. Um, so they're already making money, and now they're juicing down the favorites while making the super long guys super long because they deserve to be super long. Uh, so it's not like earlier in the year where if if Homestead was maybe the third race of the year, we're probably getting Kyle Larson at five to one, mm-hmm. not plus two eighty. Yeah. We're probably getting Reddick at eight to one, nine, to, something like that. So we're just getting the point where we have so much more information. That they know who to juice down because it's uh, it, it's gonna be those guys that win almost surely, right? So it, it just becomes really hard to be profitable on outrights at a track like this. So that's where you got to look at these different markets: top tens, top three, podium, whatever, uh, head to heads, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. Ryan for my fantasy race says that, that auto club is the most similar track to, to Homestead. Do you agree with that?
1: Auto clubs, most similar to Homestead. I don't think so. I, at least as far as, um, what I've used in my data, it's Homestead. Um, or, sorry, <laughs> Homestead's most similar to Homestead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Darlington. Sure. Uh, I will say there's definitely some discrepancy between Homestead and Darlington. There's definitely some discrepancy between auto club and Homestead. Uh, but, you know, just use all three. But I also don't want to use a, the second race of the year to evaluate the 34th race of the year.
0: Yeah, especially uh, if I remember right, it was really cold at Auto Club this year. Plus, mm-hmm. they had those, mm-hmm. those restart issues. Um, so, yeah, definitely don't, don't overvalue Auto Club, I guess, is the best way. But to play – not to play devil's advocate, but just to bring up, you know, if they're – since there is a similarity there, Kyle Bush was the class of the field at Homestead earlier this year. He's sitting there at 20 to one this week, or at, he was the class of the field at auto club. I think I might've misspoke there. He's sitting at 20 to one this week for Homestead coming off a top three finish last week or top four, uh two time winner at Homestead is Kyle Bush worth a shot at 20 to one. Speaking of long shots, no. Nope? No. No,
1: No. I don't think so. I'd rather have Chris Bush here at 21.
0: Okay. I Another reason I like – I think I like Kyle Bush this week. I don't like betting on him outright to win. Austin Dillon finished fourth here in, this R, in an RCR car well, last you're, year.
1: Okay, so you're cramping my style now because I was ready to talk about Austin Dillon – I'm giving him out on Running Hot. I'm just going to say it right now because this will probably drop around the time Running Hot drops, a little before, a little yeah. after. But uh, has nothing to do with Austin Dillon finishing fourth last year. It's like, dude, Austin Dillon's just good here. And and Kyle Busch is good here. But I think when push comes to shove, we're going to see one of these playoff drivers win this race.
0: Austin Dillon is really good here, and I hate to give him credit. He's finished
1: 12th or better in each of the last eight here.
0: Yeah, outside of his very first ever start here, he's finished 12th or better every single race.
1: He had a 14th in a second start, but um Oh yeah, you're yeah. right. So Sorry, I missed that. He said But uh, yeah, you're right. Outside of that, he 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 had a um 25th place finish in his first start, 14th in his second start. Everything else since that has been 12th or better. Uh yeah. and he's 6 to 1 for a top 10 finish, so that I already already bet that. Just saving it for running hot.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah. I you can't argue with it. It's it's kinda like uh what what other track is he really good at? Richmond? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Richmond. Um but yeah. You know, better average better career average finish here than Brad Kozlowski, better career average finish here than Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Bush, Joey Logano. I mean Austin Dillon's good here. He almost has the same average finish as uh Kyle Larson and now obviously he doesn't have like the dominating speed but his driver rating uh over the last four four races here is 80 between 86 and 93 every single race so yeah i like that i like that austin dillon now do you think he can win obviously you like him for a top 10 but
1: no uh, he, he he can't win. Austin <laughs> dillon can win no no top 10 just just top 10 can he can he podium or top five sure if you want to take those bets i think so he's gonna win now if he wins, I mean, that'd be great. I don't mind that if, if you got 250 to one out there or whatever it is on him. I don't hate that at all, but I'd rather just take the top 10, the top five. And if, if he wins, you still got his top 10, his top five, right?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh,
1: any other long shots you like, you know, in that
0: range, uh, as far as obviously we talked about um, John Hunter Nemechek, he's sitting at five to one. That's not good enough for me. AJ Almendinger had a top three finish here last year. He's at five to one for a top ten. I want to say that his track record here is actually pretty good too.
1: I I still would rather have uh, Dylan than Dinger. Dylan at six versus Dinger at five, yeah.
0: I I agree 100%. Uh, What about someone like Michael McDowell sitting there at ten to one for a top ten? We saw, I think, last year, the year before, he had a really good run.
1: Why haven't Six. you mentioned your favorite driver yet? You love this guy. You're super high on him. Harrison Burton, 20-1. to 1. Oh, Top 10 yeah. finish. <laughs> you can't stay in Harrison Burton, but this is his track type. This is Harrison Burton's track type. His average finish at Homestead slash Darlington in his non-DNF races and cup, which is only one, so his other four races, average finish is 15.3. That includes a sixth earlier this year at Darlington. He won at Homestead in the Xfinity Series. He won at Auto Club, if you want to count that as the most similar track or whatever, in the Xfinity Series. Finished 15th earlier this year at Auto Club uh, in the Cup Series. So if you include Auto Club in the non-DNF finishes, it improves from 15.3 to 15.2. He's good at this track type, this tire wear style. Harrison Burton 20 to 1 for a top 10? Yeah. Why not?
0: I like when we give the long shot top tens on this show. I'm, I'm gonna end up making more bets this week. Again, after after getting my ass handed to me on Bubba last weekend, uh I'm gonna be going back here and, and trying to get there. Yeah, Harrison Burton's in there 20 to 1 looks like on Caesars.
1: Um I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I took Harrison Burton 20 to one, uh, top 10 finish. The only reason I haven't tracked any of these is because I'm hoping some of them survive through running hot. And I'm less concerned about, you know, tracking these and looking good in the app versus, uh, you know, just trying to um, give out good content. So if I track it and then it moves before I even get to, to record running hot, then, I'm, then all of a sudden I have to pick out four more bets for running hot. Uh, that are maybe even worse in terms of things I would bet, right? So it's one of those, especially late in the year, with NFL going on especially as well, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to just sit here and track everything as soon as I bet them, that kind of stuff, because I know I've already bet them, but I don't need to prove it in the app to the whole world. I just want to make sure people, when they have the ability to listen to it, plus when I track something, very often with NASCAR, especially – Earlier in the year, when it there isn't as much going on, um, lines would move instantly. So it's I've found I may not be as good, and in, in even just in regular bets, like there's a lot of bets I can't track in the app. Um, we've we've done a ton of these here on Stacking Denny's, where it's like no dri- driver to win two plus stages, no or whatever for Daytona or grid position of winner, or, you know, all these other bets that we've just absolutely destroyed this year. I can't track those in the app because they're bets you can literally cannot track in the app. So um, it's one of those things where I'm less concerned about my action app performance in NASCAR than just trying to make sure, A, I put out good content, but B, people can still follow them. Um, And when I give it out on a podcast like this, people are able to bet it when they hear it, but one or two bets at a time isn't going to move the line versus 50 at once or whatever.
0: yeah um what do we think about a guy like michael mcdowell though getting back to that 16th or better last three races at homestead 16th here last year
1: yeah i I don't hate that it's just for me i i would rather take harrison burton at 20 than michael mcdowell at whatever he is um Ten's not bad. Actually, I, I, I don't know. I might have rather have Michael McDowell at ten. Um, I wasn't planning on talking to Michael McDowell. So I didn't prepare anything on him. Um, but I am okay. Yeah, I pulled up my model. I'm showing value on him at ten to one for a top ten finish, which is frustrating because it's one of those races where a guy like Carl Larson absorbs a lot of top ten percentage, but at this type of a racetrack. Or at this specific racetrack with these specific odds, he's not absorbing eight minus eight hundred at Caesars, minus six fifty at FanDuel even. Like he's not that much favored to finish in the top ten. So Give me the when no. you're betting <laughs> when, I know, right? So when you're betting these guys like McDowell, like Harrison Burton, like Austin Dillon, you're kind of banking on one or two of these guys at ridiculously juiced odds to um have an issue so that. It opens up the it opens up a lot of probability to finish in the top ten, um, so it it's just tough. Where like I can't bet everybody to finish in the top ten. I can't bet Alex Bowman at two to one to finish in the top ten. I can't, which I like. Uh, I can't bet uh, Michael McDowell at ten to one, which I like uh, now that I look at it. But I can't bet Austin Dillon at six to one, which I like. I mean I and I am betting is what I'm saying. It's like I have to pick and choose which top 10s I bet. And so it just comes down to which are my favorites versus uh maybe other people's favorites. And then you know me, I tend to like long shot bets because I don't think things uh tail probabilities are accounted for as much as they happen in reality. Uh so I tend to always gravitate towards longer shot bets uh in certain markets. So stuff I can't bet every single top 10 out there that I'm showing value on because it's it's one of those things where, yeah, but if Larson and Reddick finish top 10, then all the value is sucked out of it suddenly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the more, more top 10 bets you have, the less chance you have of hitting them.
1: Like, that's exactly. just math. That's another, that's another deal, too. So you can't bet them all. You have to bet the ones you think are the best. Right. Um,
0: Going back to... What, oh, shit. I just lost my train of thought. Um, I'm super tired. I don't know if anybody can tell, but I'm fucking exhausted. Um, homestead. Oh, speaking of, you know, you said Larson was, what, minus 800 for a top 10 this week yeah. or something stupid. Uh, shout out to Clint Boyer for giving Larson minus 500 top 10 as his pick at Las Vegas. What last. the fuck? The, The official pick for FanDuel by Clint Boyer was Kyle Larson minus 500 for a top 10. The fact that FanDuel just posted that and went with it is insane. I cannot put into words how fucking stupid that is.
1: Oh, my God. Uh, Everybody go tail this pick at minus 500. And even if it's a good bet, like which, you know, I don't necessarily think it was. Uh, Holy hell. I'm pulling up my Las Vegas, because I wasn't, again, I wasn't prepared to mention this. I'm pulling up my Las Vegas uh, odds on Kyle Larson. Yeah, I have him like 72% to finish in the top 10, but at minus 500, right, that's like you would need around around 15%, something like that. Um, So one divided by six. Yeah, 16.7% of the time to not, which if you do one minus that, uh, it should be 83.3, yeah, 83.3. And I had 72%. So I'm showing 10% below value on minus 500 for Larson to finish in the top 10. Like what what kind of bet is that? First of all, you're giving out a terrible value bet. Second of all, you're not going out on a limb at all. You're picking like the safest bet on the board. <laughs> and then third of all, anybody who wants to tell you has to put up $500 to win $100. Yeah. And I'm it's... not opposed to that. I've done it myself. I've bet uh, several years ago, I bet Conor McGregor uh, versus Floyd Mayweather. I bet Mayweather minus 350 to not lose or to not get knocked down. I didn't bet him not lose because I, I actually decided to go with, he's not going to get knocked down because I had slightly better odds on that. And I bet seven grand on it to win two grand. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not opposed to those kinds of bets. It's just, if you're the casual person at home, you're really betting $50 to win 10. It's yeah. On, on, <clears throat> on a track type that we have seen. And that
0: we saw in the race have tire issues. Like this isn't the way to get motorsports Sports
1: had tire issues themselves in practice. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Larson did too. Like, Larson yeah. had a hole in his tire during practice. Sorry, I got a little. If, if you're watching YouTube, you noticed, like, I sat and stared off in the distance for a second. Um, NASCAR expert picks on Action Network. Uh, I, this has to be a typo. Uh, Micah Roberts, 50 units on Keselowski over Chase Elliott. <laughs> refresh the page.
1: That's all I have to say is refresh okay. the page. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is open there uh yeah it's not on there.
1: Okay Yeah. Well, I, I, I was actually typing about that to people I work with to get that fixed, uh because I saw that too. So um yeah. So I said refresh the page.
0: I know I don't even know if I like fully like that bet, let alone enough to put fifty units on it. I mean Oh man. Anyway. Um, any other, so, so you
1: said playoff driver, you think definitely wins this race, correct? Yeah, I would say, I wouldn't say definitely, but you know what I mean? Like I've heavily favor a playoff driver to win this race. Mm-hmm. Long Bush might be testing for next year. Who knows? Right. Like, which doesn't lower his chances of winning. It just makes him more volatile, but more than likely, I would say it, 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 lowers your chances unless you've really hit on something like RFK did last year. But that's why I like Busher so much. RFK fucking hit on something last year in that Homestead test. And then they crushed it at Homestead. Chris Busher here has been – last year at Homestead, obviously, Kozlowski was amazing and Busher was good. Two years ago, Busher, remember, he like – it was like the – Yep. Whatever race of the season. Before it got dark. He led a whole shit ton of laps, yeah. And that was back when RFK was – not very good and that wasn't even when k was in there it was just roush fenway racing uh so it was before the k part of rfk uh and they're just getting better and better that's why i like busher 20 to 1 25 to 1 i got him at circa uh which i did track because most places don't have circa so i felt fine tracking that one because uh, there would still be a bunch of 20s out there for people to listen to but uh I do like Busher this weekend. I like Keslowski this weekend. I, I like because at 22-1, I just think push comes to shove if he and his teammate are in that same spot. Keselowski's going to play owner, right? He's not going to let himself win if his driver can lock himself into the playoff, into the championship race. There's 0% chance if Keslowski and Busher run a 1-2 with Keslowski ahead that Keselowski takes that win. 0% chance.
0: I'm sorry. I... I just noticed something, uh, and I have to put this bet in immediately. Um, if you could talk about something, we just talked um, about Austin I'm, Dillon. Austin Dillon top ten.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm guess here what, to talk guess, about whatever you need. Guess what? Bet Fred has it at. Oh no! Because uh, DraftKings has six to one, which is the longest I saw, and I don't I do the BetFred thing because I don't have access to it. Well, so aside to guess the one. Eleven? 11? To Eleven. To Eleven. <laughs> Eleven. I might, I might need a little uh, runner-runner action here. <laughs> oh, man. Holy shit. Yeah, I... What the fuck? You know fuck? how
0: I am with these with these uh, obscure books. What um, do they have them outright? <laughs> let me check.
1: Like... He's six to one at draftkings and outright he's uh you know two hundred fifty to one so if he's eleven to one what's he outright uh just a second here not 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 yeah. it will absolutely correlate or whatever but my <laughs> hair in my mouth if you're watching on YouTube I'm like picking at my mouth because hair in my mouth Ugh.
0: they're they're referring my bet to try to get this in so
1: so the 11 the one yeah oh, damn it they better refer it to uh winning everything
0: i will note for well i mean if if this is still available when this episode drops and people try to bet <laughs> it um that like my good luck sports book is typico my winning percentage on Tipico on any bets that I oh, place yeah. on there is, is stupid high. My bad luck book is it's bet bad friend. Friend. <laughs> Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. So, so if you're tailing Austin Dillon, yeah, they did not take shit. Oh wow, you motherfuckers!
1: What?
0: They didn't take any action on eleven to one. They moved it to five fifty
1: holy shit dude
0: they they literally did not take a bet like i tried to put did you try to bet too much and
1: then they got alarmed
0: i only put a hundred dollars i only tried to put a hundred dollars that's
1: yeah that's ridiculous
0: but they wouldn't even that's, they wouldn't let me get a cent down on
1: 1100 then why are you posting why are you even making why are you even booking anything if you're not gonna take that if you're gonna put that there and then not take anything?
0: This is this is about to be a, a you part be two lines. wine about it. This is about to be a part two wine about it. Literally it literally is.
1: Like, I, well, I was pouring wine as you were doing that, so that's fair enough. It wasn't Lueva wine, but it's definitely part two wine. Um, in my wonderful tacate glass, I now have wine. But yeah. I can't believe that. That's messed up. That's messed up. That's straight up messed up.
0: Oh my god. Uh, outright, they have him one hundred and fifty to one. To answer your question, before, for before,
1: what do they have? Harrison Burton. What do they have? Michael McDowell. What do they have? You know all these other guys.
0: On top tens.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Uh, top tens. They have McDowell at twelve. They have Harrison Burton at twenty five.
1: Well, which are both better than the longest anywhere else. Burton was 20 at Caesars instead of 25. McDowell is 10 at DraftKings instead of 12.
0: I'm so irritated about this Austin Dillon thing.
1: Okay, I, I, have, I have lots of questions now. What do they have Alex Bowman at? Plus 180. Okay, so Bowman's 200 elsewhere. At, I think he was at FanDuel. He still is at DraftKings. What do they have, Keselowski, top 10?
0: Uh,
1: minus 140. Oh, wow. Okay. There's better lines out there. This is interesting. Yep. So here's the short ones they are really juicing down, and the long ones they're not. Because uh, so, I also liked... What about Harvick? Plus 105. Okay. Because Bet365 has plus 140. There's a lot of guys I'm showing value on it, various books, but you know, you have to go across a bunch of different books. So it sounds like what's happening, um, is, uh, bet. Fred is juicing down compared to other books, the favorites and lengthening the longer shot. Top tens is what it sounds like.
0: So what do you think about AJ Almondinger? Uh,
1: I think he's honestly pretty good at this track type. Um, Just this team is so inconsistent, colleague. Mm-hmm. So inconsistent. Haley, Almeninger doesn't matter who, they're both incredibly inconsistent. But if we do want to talk about consistency, he did finish 13th at Darlington a couple weeks ago, in addition to that third place at Homestead last year. Uh, he didn't run either of the Darlington races last year. And he ran the first Darlington race this year and finished, um, 21st. sorry, 23rd. He's been good at Homestead here in the past with JTG. For example, he finished 20th, 8th, 14th and 19th. So no finishes outside the top 20 other than a 40th place finish in 2014, which is course of course a DNF. And I'm not going to count 2013 when he was in a Toyota. Uh, so don't mind it, but it all depends on the price.
0: Just locked it in at plus eleven hundred.
1: All right, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I definitely like that.
0: Yeah, they didn't definitely move that one.
1: like that. Yeah, the longest elsewhere is five to one at FanDuel and DraftKings.
0: Yeah, that's what that. That's kind of what I was. uh as you were I talking to, I, move, I was to move just to move to a
1: Betfred. I might have to move just move to Betfred state.
0: <laughs> Here's the thing, though. like They haven't had great lines until now. And then, obviously, they just moved that Austin Dillon one like fucking assholes. I'm not going to let that go. I'm irritated. Um,
1: that was bullshit. That is actual bullshit. If they'll take Omdinger at 11 but not take Austin Dillon at 11 or 12, makes no sense. Yeah.
0: Makes no Typico, sense. Typico's not... Having any value out here that I can check? Yeah. Hell, they have Almendinger at four.
1: Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying though. He's four five everywhere else. So eleven, definitely like that. And I know I just did a, a the worst analysis possible ever in Almendinger with just finishing positions. But I think over a large enough sample size, position, finishing position can tell you enough about a range of outcomes. Mm-hmm. And I think Almendinger's range of outcomes definitely includes a top ten finish here at Homestead. Way more than one out of every twelve times, which you would need to break even at eleven to one.
0: Right. Okay. Now that we've had that excitement, I always love—I love the on-air excitement of uh, of betting on stacking Denny's. We have it quite often. I mean, my—you know—my wine about next week's already going to be bet Fred and that bullshit. Yep. I should have screen recorded when I was doing that.
1: Yeah, you should have. <laughs>
0: See? Okay. So now they let me get twenty five down on I I only did twenty five on Almendinger at eleven. Mm-hmm. They let me get twenty-five down and now I try to do it again and they're referring my bet. So let's see if they move this to plus five fifty. Probably. Or or you know, shorter.
1: So I'm saying you should have done like just a sprinkle on Austin Dillon. I thought I thought a hundred was a sprinkle. Well, to most books it is, but not to a book like Bet Fred. DraftKings, that's or FanDuel or to whoever, that's not, it's not gonna move the needle a ton unless you're like an actual registered sharp or something with them. Right. This is like dramatic waiting moments here on Stacking (laughs) Denny's. We're just, we're nobody's sitting here talking. Down to four to one. Four to one, okay. They moved it. They, they, you know what they're doing? They're literally just probably going on Action Network's Bet Center and saying, what do the other books have? We'll move it to there.
0: You know what would be fun? I I, I need to watch and see if they move these lines back tomorrow, though. Whether this is just an just an automated thing and then it'll go back after they're like, okay. I don't think it's necessarily you
1: know. automated because they're taking the time to review it and they're moving to the exact lines that the other books are at. So they're figuring mm-hmm. out somehow, some way, you know, they're probably just literally – they probably have an intern back there. Bad MGM. FanDuel. DraftKings. Uh, I, apparently I created a clip on Riverside. Uh, but uh, – or maybe it's you. <laughs> <laughs> but they got, probably got an intern bound there pounding away at, like, what other lines are there out there and moving it to the exact same prices that everyone else has. Shocker. So, um that's not it's not being a, a smart bookmaker at all there. I will say that. So Yeah. They're definitely not setting their well, they did set their own lines and they realized they fucked up and now they're like, probably just gotta go where everybody else is.
0: Well what's funny is Almendinger he's four is the shortest of everybody.
1: Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they're they're <sighs> fucking done with that. God. Okay. Well,
0: I got I got some action on it at eleven. You didn't bet so. Harrison
1: Burton twenty-five
0: to one. Uh, let me try to get that now. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. So this is stacking Denny's. Uh, we are presented by Luvabella Wines. Jordan right now is trying to get some money down on Harrison Burton at twenty-five to one at Betfred. So, no, that's funny. Uh, I'm going to uh, kind of fill in a little bit of time here, though, with without distracting Jordan from his task at hand of getting Jordan ready to think about our four-race win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not necessarily pick a winner, but just think about a winner. Because we got to manifest five in a row. How sick would that be if Stacking Denny's hit five in a row on the winners? And if we do, I'm going to just gonna have to just – Bet the winners for that we pick for Martinsville and Homestead, regardless of their odds, maybe not actually, but maybe they let me get nine dollars and fifty cents down
0: on Harrison Burton 25 to one.
1: Nice, is that might be like your third ever Harrison Burton bet, right? Yeah, that didn't feel good, didn't feel good
0: making that bet, but
1: it doesn't feel good, but it still is good. Which He's a hundred to
0: one, hundred to one for a top five.
1: Finished sixth at Darlington. Shit, dude. <laughs> <sighs> uh, where I'm going to check all the other sites and see what his top five odds are. Yeah, he—that's he, the longest anywhere. Throw a dollar on it. Throw two dollars on it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Two dollars on it. I'll give you a dollar.
0: No, nope, It fucking moved.
1: God. They wouldn't take they wouldn't take two dollars on it?
0: No, they moved the top ten and then it moved the top five too.
1: Oh, I see.
0: Damn it. Well now wow. nothing's showing up on NASCAR. Is it broken?
1: Jordan broke the book you bankrupt it's, you bankrupted him without even doing anything.
0: I can't bet anything. <laughs> everything's grayed out.
1: <laughs> oh no they're they're pissed about the one hundred and twenty dollars of action they've taken
0: right yeah yeah they're 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 making up a number shambles <laughs> if long time listeners will know that reference. yeah they'll know the joke
1: i, I I
0: Y K Y K. Yeah. 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 You can't bet anything on Bet Fred right now. Everything is off.
1: Oh. My God. For NASCAR. <laughs> for NASCAR. <laughs> Jordan, your damn $120 of action just destroyed Bet Fred.
0: Oh my God.
1: This is. Okay. This is like one of the. This is. <laughs> we've had a lot of good moments on Stacking Venice this year. This is one of the better ones. Man, Please, Yeah, I,
0: I'm, I'm gonna like set an alarm to check every fifteen minutes to when they open back up because, like, they even have like, I'm looking at Top Chevy, Austin Dillon, AJ Allmendinger sitting there at a hundred to one. I kind of just wanna. I kind of like that. <laughs> Man. Yeah, everything off the fucking board. God. Jeez. Anyway, we we gotta make our picks. <laughs> Man, well, thanks, Bet Fred, for kind of giving me some action tonight.
1: All right, let's get. Uh, to these I'll picks. have to say before we make our picks, I smell some food. So we're gonna we're gonna be making these picks. I'm gonna go devour some food. Mm. It's only 8:40 my time, right? So, yeah.
0: Okay, last week you had Larson. He obviously won. You had Almondinger at the Charlotte Roval. He won. Before that, I had Blaney at Talladega. He won. Before that, I had Byron at Texas, and he won. Four straight races that we picked the winner. <clears throat> uh, Who do you think should go first? Let's do a coin flip on who should go first here. You call it in the air, okay? I'll call it in the air. Heads. Oh, shit. I dropped it. I need to redo uh- it
1: redo tails it's tails so i get to choose first or second you get to choose first also i don't get to choose second
0: well you can if you want you pick who goes first i choose second okay
1: i'm letting you have it (laughs) i want to hear what you have to say i wasn't ready for this i wasn't (laughs) wasn't either that's why i chose second
0: (laughs) oh man <laughs> um okay. Cuz I have like I kind of want to go Reddick but I don't. I kind of want to go Truex. You know, I've but been talking about Truex a lot. <sighs> Reddick's just been in my mind since the beginning of these the start of these playoffs. I said in my head True or Reddick's going to win Homestead. Just like this weird gut feeling I've had. Um and with how often my gut feelings are Always wrong. I'm going Kyle Larson.
1: (laughs) I'm going one by. I like it. I like it. Just lock down Hendrick Motorsports there. Yep. I don't know. I I agree with you. Like, (laughs) Reddick's close, but I still feel like he's, he's in that Larson phase of like year three, year four, year five, where it's close, but not quite. Busher is fun. I, I did consider him. He's fun, but I don't think he gets done. Hamlet and Bell are all good here. They're all good here. Any of those could win, maybe except Christopher Bell because he's dead to me. Uh, <laughs> which means he'll probably win. It's probably. Uh, Christopher Bell's probably going to win this damn race now, isn't he? Wouldn't that be funny? He probably will. Fuck probably will. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a bad feeling about Truex. Like I said, everybody's down on Truex for his recent performance. I'm fine with him. Um, same as, as I'm fine with Denny Hamlin. I'm pretty high on him. But uh, just, just think Kendrick has that little extra step here. Uh, William Byron's been so good at both Darlington and Homestead that if it's not Larson, I think it's going to be him. And I think if it comes down to the two of them and you're Kyle Larson, you kind of just have to give up your spot, right?
0: I would think so, but that's—I guess we'll find out if the if it comes up, you know. Yeah,
1: guess we'll find out. Oh man,
0: and we'll find out if Stacking Denny's can get their fifth win in a row. But on that, good luck to everybody this weekend. If Betfred opens those lines again, make sure you nail them.
1: <laughs> they are. Tell them Stacking Denny sent you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Man, and to stop being pussies, if you're going to put a line out, fucking take no action shit, on it. No shit,
1: dude. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. Like, I don't care if you move the line. Take the action, then move the line. You're afraid of losing
0: $1,200? Yeah. Moving the Austin Dillon line and not taking a single cent of action on the 11 is insane. But
1: <sighs> $1,100? You're afraid of losing $1,100? That you won't just take the action, then move the line to... Plus five hundred, whatever it was. Yeah, horseshit. Horseshit. Agreed,
0: but we should see a good race this weekend at Homestead. Go Hendrick Motorsports. We'll talk to you next week when we break. By the down way, when this
1: episode releases, uh, when you all hear it, unless Jordan instantly releases this, happy twenty fifth birthday, Kyle Kirkwood. <laughs> When's his birthday, his birthday tomorrow, October 19th.
0: Nice. So 15 minutes, my time.
1: Yeah. 15 minutes, your time. <laughs> so we okay. had, no, this like October is my month, right? So my girlfriend had her, uh, 35th birthday on October 4th. October 14th is my brother's birthday. The one that passed away. October 19th is Kyle Kirkwood's birthday. October twenty fifth is my brother who passed away's anniversary of passing away. October twenty eighth is my fortieth birthday. So Martinsville yeah. weekend, I'll be forty. Uh, and then it's of course Halloween. So yeah, October's it's
0: quite uh, the month,
1: pretty heavily filled. I mean, there's other ones too. I mean, I'm just just going over like the top tier of stuff. But uh, there's a lot of stuff that happens in October. So um, my buddy PJ Walsh, Action Network employee. NASCAR uh, expert, as well, has been out here in Vegas this past week uh, celebrating his wife's 40th birthday, which was back uh, two months ago, but you know, celebrating it now because that's the best opportunity for them to celebrate it. And so, hung out with him this week. So, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff going on this time of year. And uh, I'm excited, but. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to figure out like once Phoenix ends and the season's over, we might have to do like a, a stacking Denny's off season cameo because I don't know if I can wait this long to keep doing stacking Denny's until <laughs> the week before Daytona or two weeks or before the Clash or whatever it is. Right? Yeah. Because this is yeah, too it's fun. nice
0: having a, it's nice having a break, but it's also oh, we'll definitely take a, a break too long.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely take a break. There's no doubt about that, but. Yeah, it, and it's funny because we run nine, eight and a half, nine months out of the year, but then the three, three and a half months feels too long. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's, it's weird, but that's how the NASCAR season is. We should be used to it by now. We've been in this yep. game long enough. Oh
1: yeah, but and then I'll go, I'll go win the Millionaire Maker in February for the Daytona. Hell yeah, hell yeah. It's All gonna right. happen. It's gonna happen.
0: That'd be a hell of a hell of a start to the year. So it
1: almost happened two years ago. Well, our, yep. not this past Daytona 500 the year before. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, that Sean Trailer guy won, and you know had to pay half a million dollars in taxes or something like that. It sucks for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not even worth it. He shouldn't have even won.
1: I know, right? Imagine. Why would you even do that? Now, shout out to Sean. Um, shout out to Chris, uh, who you know, uh, Sean tails Chris Pinnell a lot uh, in terms of DFS betting, et cetera. But he listens to us too. Uh, we're all good friends in the DFS industry and, and betting industry. So um, just love to always give good shout outs to good people.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So thanks everybody that listened to this episode. We'll be back next week talking about Martinsville, but first Homestead. So see you guys. The forever 400 tribute to Kevin Harvick, bringing back shout that Budweiser scheme.
1: That's right, uh, pretty fitting. That's, pretty maybe fitting
0: that's why I, you were drinking. Yeah, maybe
1: that's why I was drinking a one more for the road Budweiser.
0: Hey, maybe maybe Kevin Harvick's gonna win this race.
1: I just sliced my thumb open on that one. Ooh. <laughs> all well, right. Honestly, no, Kevin Harvick's pretty damn good here. Don't sleep on Kevin Harvick this weekend. That's Greg Mathurin wrote up uh, Harvick plus one forty at Bet three six five. I'm all over that. That's one of my bets that I'm giving out on. Running hot. And it's not because Greg wrote it up. I'm just shouting him out because I like to shout at good people. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. See you guys.